everybody, and welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 266. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my co-host, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, it's very hot here in New York today. Yes. Very, very hot. Did and, you... So, yeah. hardcore weather talk right now. Did yeah, you get some rain? Talk. Uh, not yet. A little bit. I know you guys had some pretty gnarly storms. They might be heading this way pretty soon. Dude, we had some, yeah, pretty awesome, like, thunder and lightning storms. But the worst yeah. part of that is the next day when it's just so muggy, you can, like, oh, yeah. cut it with a knife. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not, uh, that's when I'm staying indoors and reading comics. Uh, you know, I know all of you thinking, oh, they're talking about the weather. They must not have a guest. Well, we do have a guest today. <laughs> Mary Dumas uh, is on the show, and she's going to talk about her... Uh, World War II comic, The Lucky Ones, a combat engineer's comic. So we talk about her relationship with her father uh, being in World War II and some of the aspects of that. Really great interview. Uh, Kickstarter comes out today. If you're listening it uh, to this on Wednesday, today, it is out. So check it out on Kickstarter, The Lucky Ones. And with that, we got a pretty packed show. So uh, you don't need to hear about us. Let's just, I think we should just jump right into it. Let's do it to it. Uh, She-Hulk trailer. Okay, moving on. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, the Disney release She-Hulk trailer with the premiere date of August 17th. Okay, this is going to be a show. I want to know Chris's take because, um, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be for me personally. Uh, but that's okay. And also the CGI of her face. Maybe they'll fix it. I hope so. <laughs> um, I personally thought it looked pretty pretty awful. But I, I want to hear your take on it. I'm in the same boat. I'm going to try it, but it's probably not for me. I've never been a big She-Hulk fan. Yeah. Um, she has some great stories, but it's not a character that I really go out and look for. Mm-hmm. This is, I was kind of talking with somebody. This is the, the, the era of MCU where Miss Marvel is going to be the next up. And yep. while I did kind of have a phone fell in love with the character through the Avengers game and said, like, I really like this character. Mm-hmm. I haven't pushed that further to read her, uh, her, and anything else so i don't really have that strong connection there and then this one once again i don't really have a strong connection to she hulk so it'll be interesting to see how i react as somebody if it's uh as somebody who's like a big fan has watched all this mcu stuff mm-hmm. and how it affects me um is yeah as far as the the cgi is god awful yeah um this will really come up bad. again later but it reminds me of the sonic the hedgehog mm-hmm. uh movie when everybody was just like, what the fuck is this? And yeah, for lack of a better term, basically cyber bullied them into like fixing it. And yeah. although please don't be an asshole online, I right. do hope that we're able to get Marvel to be like, this is not acceptable because it yeah. was just so bad. And like, and the fact that they have Hulk in the same show with way better CGI, <laughs> <laughs> yes. it like makes the face look a lot better. Like there's something just off about her face that it's like, you guys need to fix this. Yeah. I did at one point in the trailer, just want like George Costanza to pop up because when she like grabs the guy and carries him into the next room, <laughs> it just reminded me of that George Costanza moment where he's just like, I just really like to sleep with a very tall woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that would be great. Yeah. So that's coming out. That's a thing. Maybe I'll check it out. Uh, we'll see. Um, I 100, I, I'm at the point where I 100% check it out. Okay. Whether I stick with it is the that's whole other thing. thing. Yeah. Um, 
Netflix has released this trailer for the third season of Umbrella Academy. Uh, new season's coming out June 22nd, one day after my birthday. I haven't watched this trailer yet. Uh, have, did you check it out? I did. Because I and do love like, me some Umbrella Academy. Oh, me too. I can't wait for this. Where do you, where do you see the the story going now? Because I think we're out of source material as far as Umbrella Academy goes. So, uh, yeah, and I say I love me some Umbrella Academy. I don't think I read the last volume, so I don't okay. know if it follows that volume or not. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you remember at the end of last season, we came back to today, to today mm-hmm. and they had changed the past, which creates an alternate timeline. Um, right. And there's the Sparrow Academy. So now it's the idea of them trying to fight for their existence mm-hmm. um, because... There's another version. The Sparrow Academy took their place and they aren't what their versions themselves never got adopted. Mm-hmm. There's even a joke in there where they're like, uh, you know, you're there's a version of yourself out there just because dad never adopted us doesn't mean that we don't exist. And they have a whole conversation about like whether they would sleep with themselves. <laughs> so there's like a funny little moment there. Okay. Okay. Um, all the characters look great. The show looks awesome. I, the 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 stinger, quote unquote, at the end of the trailer um, was phenomenal. I I'm really looking forward to this. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. been a while. It's been a while since uh, a while. <laughs> <laughs> since I activated my Netflix account. But oh, um, there you go. There we go. Shots fired. <laughs> uh, for no other reason, just like why? I mean, I watched all of Seinfeld again. I was like, okay, that's that's yeah, it. that's it. That's all you need for. Um, but I was just looking at. It, I was like, oh, there's some stuff I would like to watch on Netflix. So I'll reactivate it for this. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, what else is coming out? Oh, Stranger Things is going to be out Stranger soon Things too. Coming out soon, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll be jumping back into the flicks, as the kids <laughs> yep. call it. Yeah, they're not. I don't think the kids but... call it that at all. No, they don't. They don't. Call it. <laughs> Moving on, as we mentioned last week, <laughs> Amazon has released its final trailer for the third season of The Boys, and I watched it. I know you watched it. Let's go. This, I mean, it looks amazing. Some of the key takes takeaways are uh, we're getting the we're getting the pills a little different than the comics because the comics you got the pills you were like super powered indefinitely. Um, I believe this right? is it almost Injustice Gods Among Us style. Yeah, you get it for twenty four hours. Yeah, uh, this is this is like well, it's our man <laughs> in a sense that you get twenty four hours. So you get twenty four hours of powers. So that's what they're doing to get toe and toe, go toe to toe. It looks like we've time jumped like a year. So Huey's like in the in the FBI now. They're all in the FBI except Butcher. Butcher's been on his best behavior. Um, and then we get Soldier Boy. Looks awesome. Yeah. Captain America is in the show, Chris. There you go. Yes. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, we get the, um, well, we, we've been told we're getting Herogasm. And for those of you who don't know what Herogasm was in the boys, I don't think we're going to spoil it for you. You just got to wait and see. <laughs> That's when I want the masses just experience like I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like Butcher's character now where he is in season three is yeah. where he was in issue one. Right. Because yep. now like Huey's exist. So there's definitely huge cha- differences. Right. And right. Um, that's a good thing in my opinion, but he's at that point where like he had to step away and yep. now he's like coming back and he's like mm-hmm. that we can't 
be in the background. We have to do something. So yeah. I like that, that now like Butch is kind of taking that role mm-hmm. and he's less of a, he's less chaotic and more right. controlled. Yeah. Controlled yeah. anarchy or controlled yep. chaos or however and you want to do a lot it. more damage when he's like under, you know, calm and collected. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Homelander is fucking terrifying. Yeah. He's got some scary looking faces. Like that when they start it with the different news outlets where he's got his, he had some fine media training from Vaught. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The act, that actor is so good that like when you look into his eyes, you can tell that that man sacrificed his soul for this role mm-hmm. because there is nothing behind those eyes. Yeah. They're dead. Yep. Yeah. He's I really can't good. wait for this. It's only yeah. like a week away too. Yeah. So exciting. Uh, and this is even more exciting. Um, looks like Disney's decided to con- continue Netflix Daredevil. They they looked at the Netflix numbers like, okay, Daredevil's the best one. Uh, for Disney Plus, as reported by Hollywood Reporter, we don't currently know if it's a direct continuation or a soft reboot, but they are keeping uh, the same main actor. Uh, Char- is it Charlie Cox? Charlie Cox, yeah. Yeah, he's coming back. So, And there's even talks that the supporting cast will return as well. Yeah. I've seen some pictures of like them hanging out together and people have been speculating online that they're like, uh, that they've been taught in talks. It was, a uh, uh, the guy who plays Luke cage. And, um, I can't think of the, uh, investigator. Oh, uh, Jessica, not Jessica, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica Jones. They were like hanging out together and she was like covering up something on her shirt. So I don't know if they were like not supposed to show where they were. Um, but I'm sure these people are. Why would they not be in talks? Why would Marvel not go to these people and talk to them about the plan? You know? Yeah. Cause like those shows went a little off the rail because they tried to mimic the Avengers. Yeah. And like, Didn't we got to lead to this defender show. Yeah. Um, but they were all fine. Um, Luke Cage, I thought Luke Cage got way more slack than it deserved. Yeah. Personally. Um, Iron Fist it was a travesty, but yeah, it was, <laughs> Jessica Jones, even the first season, Jessica Jones is really good. Yep, um, it was. But the standout star of all of them, the one that should be seen in a positive light, and I believe is seen in a positive light, is Daredevil. And that's for good reason, because it was oh, I, phenomenal. I, I thought you were going to say a character, Foggy Nelson. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> yeah, Everybody in that back. show is great. Yeah, that's true. Everyone, everyone nailed the rules on that show. Yeah. For I'm sure. even like, th- they'll never do it because, or I, I think Marvel's kind of shelving Punisher, but even that first season of Punisher mm-hmm. is amazing. But yeah. Like, uh, you know, uh, time travel, everybody, but we're going to talk about um, some war stuff in our interview. Um, that, that show dealt with all that shit the best mm-hmm. I've ever seen, especially for a fucking comic book show. Yeah. So. I'm just, I'm so happy. I was so happy when Charlie showed up just for that one scene. Spoilers, everybody, in Spider-Man. Yeah. But also, but we know Wilson, th- this ahead. almost confirms that Wilson Fisk isn't dead because Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, gets shot off screen in the Hawkeye show. Yeah. So wouldn't this be perfect? Bring Like, actually have the Daredevil versus the comic book Wilson Fisk go at it in a season. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm so ready. I'm ready for all of this. I... Yep. 
I've, I've been saying I've been becoming more and more of a Daredevil fan in my life. He's been my number two forever. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so happy because Charlie was phenomenal and that show was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind if they kind of soft reboot it and just say, yeah. like, we don't have to say that none of that happened, but we can just kind of move on yep. and do something a little different. Yep. Uh, Charlie's been blipped for five years. So here we are now. That's how they do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. They could literally <laughs> yeah. start it by showing the blip where he disappeared, yeah. came back, and then do it pre Spider Man, where like yeah. he was kind of back doing stuff and met up with Pete and you know. Yeah. Perfect. Metal Shield. I don't know. You've yeah. better do writers something. than yeah. me could figure something cool yeah, out. Yeah, someone's doing something. Um, movie news. And some disappointing news. I mean, this is too good to be true after three months of pre production. Uh, and the announcement of a casting WB has decided to scrap the wonder twins movies. You stupid bastards. Uh, hopefully maybe they've done some, like it might come out with like the George Miller justice league movie where we get some to see some people in costumes. Cause I would still like to see that. Uh, but that's such sad news. Take a chance, you know, come on. Yeah. I almost wonder if this is a part of their whole like restructuring after the yeah. sale. Yeah, no doubt. We, we, we talked about it on the show, right? Where they want to create yeah. a DC films and yeah, get their yeah. own Kevin Feige. And so I almost wonder if that's the reason for it, that they're yeah. trying to scrap as much that's early in development to kind of move on. Yeah. But yeah, it is right. unfortunate because Wonder Twins didn't need to be a part of some cinematic universe. They could have done something fun on the side. Yeah, I know. And uh, they, had a, okay. they had a cool cast, too. That's the other thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Damn it all. Yeah. Um, I guess you watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers talk. Yes, because I want to spread the love that is this movie. And I heard Batman shows up in it. He does. So okay. I so everybody out there, first of all, if you haven't seen this movie, um, if you have any love for Who Framed Roger Rabbit um, and just general like cartoon and pop culture stuff, Go check, try this movie out. Dude, Seth Rogen's in it. J.K. Simmons is in it. Andy Samberg's in it. Like, uh, Will Arnett's in it. Wow. It's just a phenomenal cast. For everybody else, I'm going to go into a little bit of spoilers here. So, you've been warned. So, I had no interest in this movie whatsoever. It's Chip and Dale. I, like, I watched yeah. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers as a right. kid. I liked right, it. Right. But I have no nostalgia for it. And then I saw it was spoiled everywhere online that Ugly Sonic is in it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what is this? I got to check this out. It's on Disney Plus for, for quote unquote free. Yeah. Um, it's an hour and a half, hour 20, I think. So it's a short movie. Let's see what this is. So I got home and I turned it on in the background and I started watching it. And it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. The idea is that the cartoon characters we know and love are real. And the shows we watched were the cartoon characters acting them out. So much like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, who's in the movie. Uh, Oh, man, that's awesome. And Chip and Dale had a, after the show ended, they stopped being friends. So the story itself is like very basic. They stop being friends. An event brings them back together and they have to solve a crime. Okay, that's it. But it's everything around it that makes it great. Like. Um, so all the cartoons, they can go through a surgery to make them CGI 3d versions of themselves. Okay. Um, so that's how like Dale in the show is a 3d 
CGI version while Chip uh-huh. is still the 2D like hand drawn uh, version. Okay. okay, okay. Um you meet uh you meet Dale at the a Comic-Con and <laughs> sitting across from him is Ugly Sonic signing oh, autographs. That's so funny. And that's Ugly so funny. Sonic plays a key role in the story which made it oh, even no. better when he shows up at the end. Oh my god. J.K. Simmons voices the the chief of police, who's like a oh, Gumby esque wow. character, That's like a so claymation. Funny. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but like uh, yeah, there's cameos galore. Yeah. The um the bad guy, you like you don't really see coming, but it's so phenomenal who the bad guy is. Oh, great. Um, I'll give away a few cameos, but there's a scene where they run by and you see a, a ad for uh. A politician and okay. it's vote butthead for senate oh my god uh randy marsh is in the movie like dude yeah. it's not just disney stuff they that's got so, the best cameos so awesome i can't wait to watch it um and seth rogan's character is amazing too uh cool. they go to the uncanny valley where all the like shitty cg characters yeah. are oh, and wow. seth rogan plays a generic viking who like has that like dead in the eyes look and can't uh, stare people in the face. Uh-huh. And dude, it's this movie's a blast. I've been telling everybody it's it's a modern day who framed Roger Rabbit is what it is. Okay. It's more kid it. friendly and like family oriented, yeah. but that's what it is. It's awesome. That sounds so cool. Everybody uh, go see this movie. Yeah, it's so funny because I saw it on the front page of Disney Plus and I was like, eh, probably not. Yeah. And they uh, pick on all the like the reboot stuff, like the the cartoon reboots. Yeah. So like um, Alvin and the chipmunks are in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where um, chip is just like, he sees them in, on the, the news uh-huh. and he's like, Oh, I hate when they remake these shows and they rap. And then it's them like <laughs> rapping in the second movie. Oh my God. That's so funny. I didn't even get into the subplot of wh- like what the bad guy does. Because okay. I don't want to spoil that. Because once you get that, you're gonna be texting yeah. me like, oh, "Dude, that's awesome." Okay. Okay. Everybody watch this movie. It's awesome. I'm gonna. Um, I'm sold. All <laughs> right, we're gonna jump to this awesome interview with Mary Dumas, and we'll see everybody on the other side. All right, everybody. We got another very special guest for you. I want everybody to welcome the show, Mary Dumas. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hi. How's nice to going? see you. Good. I'm thanks doing for, good. Thanks for being here. Appreciate that. Um, and always, you know, our first time guests, we'll talk about your Kickstarter coming up, the lucky ones in a second here. Um, but we always want to hear an origin story from the first time guests. So uh, I know you've done some comics in the past, things like that. So where did it all start for you as far as uh, creating comics? Well, creating comics wise only started 10 years ago. I honestly had never put two and two together about comics. Mm -hmm. Um, I had been writing. Well, of course, I read and collected comics forever. I've always been a Captain America fanatic. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) You and Chris are best friends now. There you go. (laughs) But I I never put two and two together about making comics um, Mm -hmm. because I'd always been writing screenplays. Oh, I've been writing screenplays for decades, but they've always they. Getting a screenplay to anybody to become anything is a bloody miracle. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, got, you know, drawers full of screenplays and they're mm-hmm. not going to go anywhere. Um, so this m- 
independent comic book making was something that an acquaintance of mine said, yeah, have you ever thought about doing that? And I was mm -hmm. like, uh, no, <laughs> where do you start? Yeah. Right. Um, and then this, um, uh, this acquaintance of mine <laughs> said, well, why don't we do one together? Let's make a web comic. And this was, uh, about 10, no, about eight years ago. Okay. Um, so we worked on a, on a, cause we're two girls, right? Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> we decided to work on a, um, a web comic that, um, in the vernacular of manga, which is what I'm more familiar with as far as that goes, is something called Yowie, which okay. is a male loves, man loves man, uh, okay. male on male romance, right? Okay. Yep. And yep. we did that for five years. We ended up with, um, 250, um, pages of fun comic hilarious comic yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um we were really ready to do something with it in 2020 and then well we all know what happened in yeah, 2020 right. unfortunately yep. so yep. um so we put it up on uh, amazon um uh, through their kdp program okay and um it was up there for two years had a had a pretty good run and then amazon I don't know who called them, but they decided to pull it down and called it pornography. So that was mm. that. <laughs> wow. Some disgruntled um, fan out there. Uh, <laughs> but I got the bug then. That was like the bug. And I decided I was going to do something with something I've been working on for years because uh, I started writing this with my father, who was a World War II veteran. And uh, he he actually went to his 50th reunion, uh, expecting to find no one there that he knew, just as the gentleman in my story. Um, and when he got there, they started calling the names of all of the gentlemen who were there, you know, in this uh, unit. And um, I called my dad's name. And he, you know, he was wheelchair bound. So he, he raised his arm and here yep. and off behind him, he heard a gentleman say, no, you're dead. And that thus began his, his writing of what happened the night that they all, he thought they all died. And this other gentleman thought they all died. Wow. Um, and so he wrote this story and then, um, it ended up ended up becoming pretty popular. It ended up in um, the Yankee magazine, not Yankee magazine, Armed Forces magazine, something okay. like that. Ended yep. up in there. Wow! But in the meantime, he'd gotten the bug, and I'd gotten the bug to finish writing things and talk about his his time because for all the years prior to that, he never mentioned a whole lot about his World War II. Wow! Yeah, um, a lot of you know, people don't. PTSD, the whole nine yeah. yards, which I also. Um, look uh look at in this story that i'm writing um so i ended up getting um a lot of stories out of my dad that just became kind of bits and pieces that i chunked together into this script for this comic book some okay. of it is a little bit true some of it is my dad's recollections which are <laughs> Good luck with finding out if they're true or not. <laughs> take, yep, take his word for it. <laughs> yeah, got to take his word for it. He would have been 101 years old this wow. coming Wednesday, which is why I decided to run the Kickstarter this coming Wednesday. 
Perfect. So, I mean, and, uh, yeah. I've already um, got, I, I found wonderful people to help me with this. People who are actually, um, not only are they very uh, good in comic books, they're also very uh, acutely aware of World War II, you know, historically, um, just fanish, um, all those sorts of things. So, so it's been a real wild ride for the past year and a half. No, nah, not quite a year and a half. About a year, um, mm. putting together the art and the um, lettering and the colors and all the things you do to make a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> so right <laughs> now, twenty-four yeah. pages coming out on wow. Kickstarter starting this week. So this story that you're telling is it taking place in the way that uh, the story of your father went, meaning? like uh, a modern day and he's uh, recalling events. Yes. Is- yes. Oh, In uh, fact, okay. that's exactly the way I've decided to do it, which, you know, every now and then I rethink it and say, why am I doing it this way? But, but it starts out with a page of what looks like something happening right then and there. And then we find out that the gentleman is having a nightmare. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> a yeah, nightmare. Okay. He's awakening yep. from his nightmare. Um, so we start out with the conversation that he is, um, it's 1995 and his grandson, um, finds this invitation to a 50th reunion on the internet, which of course you know, 1995, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. finding yeah. people on the internet nowadays is hard enough. Right. Find somebody in 1995 was quite hard. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they make the plan after the grandson does a lot of convincing. They make the plan that they're going to um, take a train and go to the reunion which is taking place in Boston. And we never really say where this where uh, Bill is living, but it's assumed that he's living in the New York City area because why would he be, you know, going to on on a train to Boston? Right, right. So um, my artist has really done a fantastic job of yeah. interweaving the um, the present of 1995 with the past of 1940, 1940. One through 1945. Yeah, the art is absolutely. So for people who are just listening, she's showing us these amazing pages, sneak previews, and the art is actually fantastic. Yes. So like where, where Bill is talking about where he's going, where, you know, his, his grandson is basically what I was pulling teeth out of my father to get stories about World War II because, um, I know we are very familiar with PTSD and that's mm. that stuff nowadays. Right. But in 1995, it wasn't really talked about that much. And for sure, it wasn't talked about in 1945. Oh, yeah. Um, and, no you know, it, it's only recently that it's become part of the vernacular of, of our world. Mm-hmm. So that was hard to write because you can't say PTSD. You can't say right. cell phones. You can't say, you know, all yeah. these 1995 things that, don't exist right or didn't exist then and do yeah. exist now. Dial telephones. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
they were attached to the wall, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, we go into some of the story where he's doing the background of why the heck he had to join the army anyway, you know, because, of course, so why go back through the history that we all know? Because we all read it. Right. Exactly. We all saw it on, you know, whatever Tom Hanks movie. Um, (laughs) So we don't, we don't, I don't have to go into all of that background. Which is great because I really I'm totally annoyed when every time you see a Batman movie they've given you the entire background again. Yeah, we know. Yeah, right, right. We know his mom and dad died. We don't need to know that again. <laughs> Mary, me and you were going to get along just swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he complains about oh, yeah, that every Batman books. movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he has the same thoughts. No, it's anyway a, not to compare traumas because the trauma is trauma and everything but uh, you know i'm of the generation mike's a little bit younger than me so i don't know I don't, we never talked about this i don't know if you went through this or not mike but a lot of my friends went over to iraq and yeah. dealing with that when they came back and trying to talk to them and what happened over there and also being a dumb kid and asking dumb questions i i know the the fact that people who have gone to war and come back have little to no interest of ever talking about it and in most cases want to bottle it up and never discuss it again and that causes its own problems too so i can only imagine with somebody who went through world war ii unfortunately or unfortunately i don't know i don't know anybody that went through that personally so that seems like it would be a whole other thing as well for you and then the person in the story it's really an in 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 it's really um, inspiring, and that's why they call them the greatest generation. They did some things that, honestly, I look at some of the stuff that's going on in um, in Ukraine right now, and I look at the heroes there, and I can truly see um, when you have to do something, you do it. Yeah, there's no... Because I'm always of the of the thing of like, would I would I have done that? Would I like in World War Two? Would I have had the gall to just get up and go overseas to fight a war? But like in that day, they didn't have they didn't have the ability to question it, right? They they had to do it. Yeah, they they didn't really have um, they didn't have conscription until mm-hmm. uh, the war had already started. So a lot of people did join because they had the gumption to get up and join. Right. Um, much like the um, like the Ukrainian army is doing right now, where they mm-hmm. had to, they have to defend their homeland. They already had a standing army, but now we've got the guys with the you know that were just farmers. Being right. The guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so I mean, you you said that you're not going to get too much into World War II, but this is more of like a is this kind of like a a love letter to your you and your father's relationship of like, it's kind of how you get to keep him it in is, the story. And yeah, it is in some ways, in okay. other ways, it's me as a woman mm. uh, looking at how men have behaved, how mm-hmm. things have happened that we as women didn't have any input in, but we, yep. we had to view from the outside. Also, because I've never been in a battle, I've never had to kill anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't have the um, I don't have the real way of explaining that feeling, but I mm. do have a way of explaining friendships, deep 
exhausting friendships. And I have a way of explaining um, love between people that isn't necessarily jumping into bed love. It's the right. kind of love where you'd give your life for something. Mm. <laughs> Excuse <Wow>. me. <laughs> um, so I think I bring a little something different to the stories that, mm -hmm. um, that Sergeant Rock, as an example, yeah, right, <laughs> would not right. have brought to the story. Mm -hmm. um, that Billy Tucci would not have brought to the story. Um, but yet um, I do, of course, have to bring in some of the, the battles so that people know what the timeline is. Um, so I do indeed have to, I, I need to know the history as I'm writing. And well, I mean, as I'm writing, I've been writing, I wrote this thing 10 years ago. Wow, <laughs> so okay. Now yeah. it's finally going to become something. But, and, and it's funny when you're writing something or rewriting it, as is the case, um, it is funny what you wrote 10 years ago and you look at it again and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> yeah. you do a lot of growing and learning in 10 years, yes. right? <laughs> yes. One would hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question. So was your, your father was a combat engineer? Yes. yes. Okay. Can you explain to me a little, cause I'm an engineer, but I'm, I don't know what a combat engineer is. So I'm. Um, it's easiest to explain this with the, the co concept that the combat engineers say, the combat engineers say we are charged with making our, making things so people can go forward and win this war. That means they were the first ones there blowing up the bridges. They were the first ones there taking down the farmhouses so that the infantry could hide behind the farmhouses. They were the first ones there when, um, uh, when they discovered um, an example of uh, a bunch of tiger tanks were hiding around a corner ready to pounce um, on the uh, unsuspecting, haha, -ha, um, infantry. But they were the ones that were there to, no, to make, to destroy an area so that the tiger tanks couldn't come through and right. get the infantry. Okay. Which is why, and this is the truth, that there was at the time during World War II, they s estimated that the average Combat engineer had a life expectancy of 53 seconds in live combat. Right now it's six months in live combat. It's not a great job. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, like if you said six months, that would have been awful. But then the, down to the 53 seconds is like, yeah. wow. Well, they didn't, they, they carried their rifle. They acted as infantry. But first, they went out and blew shit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by blowing shit up, by knowing how to blow shit up, they also were a very danger. They were in a very dangerous job. Mm -hmm. They could blow themselves up accidentally right. or on right. purpose. Huh. There is one story recently of an, an, um, a combat engineer in uh, in the Ukrainian war who the bridge that they needed to blow so that the Russians couldn't come through would not light. And he went onto the bridge and sacrificed his life to make it blow up. Wow. And that's what these guys did. Wow. So. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's, 
Like that, Mike said earlier, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. That. That's yeah. <laughs> no, that's it's it's crazy, and you can make the correlation today to that. That's yeah, that's insane. Very relevant. Um, that said, you end up with because I want to humanize these guys. Right. You end up with the, the stories about you know how come you're in the combat engineers instead of what you wanted to do mm-hmm. um, okay. because he because he couldn't tell red from green. He was colorblind. Oh wow! Okay, wow. <laughs> Um, which you wonder, you know, nowadays the combat engineers do have lights on their things. Red means don't blow this. Green means it's ready to go. Can you imagine a colorblind guy? Not nowadays. Back then, the plunger's up, the plunger's down. (laughs) Right, right. There's a not enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Well, and if your expectancy is 53 seconds, uh, uh, the unfortunate reality there is probably... Uh, we need some bodies over here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, wow. anyway, I, as I was saying, yeah, there is comedy in this story. There's comedy in the barracks. There's okay. comedy among the guys. None of them are there because they wanted to be there. They're kind of the dirty dozen. They kind mm-hmm. of got gathered because otherwise they'd have gotten a blue ticket and been out of the army. But at <laughs> the time they were needed, you know, mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. always gave, a second chance in many ways. Um, we've got one guy who talks with his fists about everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got another guy that his um, his answer, um, uh, why are you stuck with us, Tex? Yeah. Everybody's got a nickname. Okay, yeah. Because I didn't want to give anybody any last names because this is about every man, you know? Yeah. It's not, oh, my uncle. Look, my uncle's in here. No, he's right. Not. Yeah, <laughs> this is right. a conglomeration of a bunch okay. of guys. Okay. Um, but like one of them is, um, why are you stuck with us, Tex? And the answer is, I'm the reason no gambling among the squad is in Sarge's rules list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so you've said you've got like a, a conglomeration of characters, and they're they're all kind of unique in their own way. And obviously, some of the story is. Um, while true, somewhat fabricated in ways to make it work, do you follow a timeline that's historically accurate? Like, did you actually research yes. that and make sure that everything fits in the timeline oh, from, yes. from history? Oh, Sometimes okay. that's oh. hard, but it does help yeah. with the writing. You can't go yeah. off into, you know, let's follow this path down this rabbit hole. You know, right, no, we right. got to go. <laughs> the yeah. next step is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have to do the so that, research. That's a, you know, I mean, I, I am keeping it as historically accurate as possible within a fictional story. Um, and of course, um, this is something that I, I'm kind of iffy about letting everybody know, but I should let everybody know. There are two gay men in the squad. Uh, again, they're probably there as, as they are there as a second chance. Otherwise, they'd have been kicked out. And when you get kicked out with a blue ticket, you don't get your VA benefits. You don't get any of the any of the honors that come to a veteran, no matter anything. I mean, and so they honestly, the two gentlemen are were honestly keeping it a complete secret. And the squad, by virtue of the fact, knowing after knowing what these two gentlemen were capable of, very capable very well versed in in um, building and destruction and all of that, the squad decided as a group that they were part of their team, their squad. Of course, there is a big fight in the beginning when everybody finds out. It's, right. it's not a happy 
happy. Oh, I love you because you know it's more. Right, right. It's more in keeping with what really happened during nineteen the nineteen forties. Yeah, that that's another thing that wasn't talked about along with PTSD back then. It was, yeah, yeah. It was they were roommates. Yeah, yeah. you know the, yeah. that's the John and that Bill. Was, they're roommates. Yep. Uh, so you keep mentioning um, uh, the blue chip. Is that uh? Just for clarification, a, is that like dishonorably discharged? Or? That's a less than less than honorable discharge. It's not dishonorably discharged, but it's less than honorable. I don't think they actually. Well, so that's kind of below dishonorably discharged. Yeah, it's something similar to dishonorably discharged. Um, okay, but um, but it also meant that if you came back with one of those to the U.S. in 1945, you didn't get a job. Right. Nobody wants you know? to do anything with you. Yeah, you you didn't get you were not um, you know you were not welcome back into the arms of the American way. Um, so most of the time, these gentlemen, you know, if you look at even just now, you, you look at the um, the way that the world works, the way that human beings are. Apparently, one in ten of us is some level of gay. Mm-hmm. So you know, in World War Two, we've got these. 12 guys in this unit, two of them or one of them being gay is not outside of the right. possibility. Right. It's just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I like, I like that you're bringing that up as like, it doesn't matter. Like whatever you are, you're still seen as uh, part of a family or the group within the troop, because I have a friend that was overseas and he always had such a hard time dealing with, um, people that have prejudices towards one another, whether it's, you know, racial or, you know, homophobia, anything like that, because he never understood it because like when you were in the desert and all it's, it's just you and the enemy, it's like, you don't see it. These people other than family, that's it. Like there's no difference between them or anybody else. And I'm, I'm glad that you talk about that because that's, that's a huge thing that a lot of those, uh, those guys came back with. So right. uh, I think that's important. You've got my back. I've got your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people don't see it that way. It's easy for, you know, it's easier for someone to just have hate for something else and like these prejudices. But it's like when you've been put in that situation and it boils down to like, you know, why, why not? Why can't this person just be the same as me? We're all the same. You know, it's like, it it's tough for people to see it that way, I guess. So, but yeah, I'm glad you and bring the other that up. side of that is that's in other cases, that's a great way for people to accept the other side. Like he had my yeah. back. Like I, it, it's kind of a cliche of like, we didn't like each other at first, but then he had my back. But I've right. heard those stories too, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, well, the, the old, there's no atheist in the foxhole thing. Like when you get down into the trenches, like it's no longer, what are you? What am I? It's, we're all trying to survive and we got to have each other's back. Right. Yeah. Well, one quote that I do, this is directly from my dad was just because we didn't talk about them doesn't mean they weren't there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. That's big. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to read. That. I mean, you have a lot of good things you're touching on in this in this book, and it sounds like a, a great story. Um, and you said it. I, well, the show comes out on Wednesday, so it's coming out uh, Wednesday this Wednesday. Yeah, the Kickstarter. Um, the yep. Kickstarter. So, do you can you talk about a little bit what you're offering with the Kickstarter? Or is it just a single issue print, one issue, and um, one at a time. Um, okay. Obviously, 
you know, um, the way that Kickstarter works best is when you build a, a following, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so rather than just coming out with the whole, um, here's my graphic novel. Yeah, right. Um, right. Instead, you come out with those 24-page floppies, right? And um, writing a comic book is in 24-page informational groups, right? Um then when you put it in together into a, a graphic novel, sometimes you have to edit it. Most times you don't, but sometimes you have to edit it so that it flows. But um, so what I'm doing it doing is I'm doing a 24 page floppy. Um, my my rewards. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> in your moment. Um, yeah. My rewards are, you know, of course, there's the one dollar reward, which basically I'm naming. I don't want any crap, but I like your stuff. <laughs> you know, yep. the people who are like, I need another another book in the house. Like I need right. a hole in the head. Right, right. So that's the that's my first reward. My second reward is a five dollar reward, which is the PDF. So you can read it on your screen, um, which you know seems to be the way a lot of people read nowadays. They get their iPad mm-hmm. out and they get page yep. after page and read it that way. Um, and then, of course, the third reward is a $10 re- uh, request. And with that, you get not only the PDF, but you get the printed copy. And that would come to you in the mail. Um, the hardest part about that was figuring out how to um, price the mail. <laughs> yeah, the shipping. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can imagine. You, know, you, you got to include, oh, it's got to be in plastic. It's got to have a backboard. It's right. Be, you know? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, then there's a $15 reward, which is a really the only reason that it's 15 is because I am going to write a personal note to each and every person telling them about my father. Um, because I think that, that it's important to people who would uh, otherwise not, not know why this came about. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, um, that's and cool. so that's the $15 reward. Then it jumps all the way to $100. And that one, no, wait, I back. Um, there's a fifty dollar okay. reward that I'm calling the classrooms and retail reward. Okay. Where they for the fifty dollars they would get six copies, um, and that way they can you know um, sell it at their retail shop uh, for a good price, or they mm-hmm. can um, they can have the uh, you know pass it out to classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have put a warning on that one saying you know this is a written for teens mm-hmm. there's no sex in it but there is gay men mm-hmm. and there is blood so mm-hmm. you decide you know basically right. i'm saying if you're in texas think about this twice <laughs> before you pass it out to your classroom <laughs> <laughs> or maybe florida yeah i was gonna say florida <laughs> <laughs> anyway um but i'm not putting those out as pdfs because i don't feel that it's right for a classroom of kids to view something if they don't know the end of the story Mm, right. It really is the start of the story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the hundred dollar reward, which I was just talking about, are those who really, really want the graphic novel to happen. Um, and if they, uh, and that one's going to go for the all eight of the uh, fundraisers that are going to happen over the next year and a half. And at the end, they would get the full story. Um, it would be in a. Uh, it would be very well put together. There would be um, autographed plates in it from the uh, me, the author, as well as the artist, the letterer, um, and the uh, editor. 
um, and other stories within the book to make it a full 200 page book. Um, and that would be also, I'm offering that if they want their name in the book, I would put their name in the book to thank them for the big support that they're giving. Wow. That's awesome. And, and you said the plan is to do all these Kickstarters within a year and a half. So you'll have a total of eight Kickstarters. Yes. Okay. Wow. Great. And I've got four books ready to go. So it's not like it's not going to happen. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, the artist is currently working on book five and the letterer is currently working to finish or is already on book three. So we're really, we're really pushing it. We're getting, it, getting wow. it happen. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to read it. Um, and yeah, that's great. So, if our listeners and our viewers want to follow you um, or see when, when the Kickstarter is coming out, is there, is there any social media you can plug? Oh yes, of, of course. Um, so first off I'd offer my website, okay. which is um, the lucky ones dash comic.com. And um, that's where I'm, I'm being very, very uh, active there. There's a blog on it. Um, I'm up, up doing um, art versus lettering versus um, uh, pencils. You know, I mean, it's going the whole blog there um, as well as a couple of reasons why I'm doing this. You know, I miss you mm -hmm. dad is one of yeah. the main things. Okay. Um, then I've also got a Facebook page. That's uh, the lucky ones dash a world war two comic or a world war two story, man. Why can't I remember that right now? Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's all over the place right now. Okay, I keep, okay. You know, I go to my, uh, I go to the comic uh, groups that I belong to and telling them, yeah, look what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I have had such wonderful feedback. That's great. From some yeah. of these groups, I'm just, uh, you know, I guess I'm too used to the the blood and guts of social media, <laughs> and here it is, these all the wonderful things <laughs> that are saying, yeah, just. It just warms your heart about comic book makers, to be honest. Yeah, it's so important to have that community and those people helping out, too. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the people we've met through comics, I don't think I can name one that was negative or bad. Or yeah. I don't think we've had a bad experience, to be honest, in yeah. terms of meeting people and talking to people. They're, um, they're social all, media yeah, is what it the, is. But. All the indie Kickstarter club uh, for comic creators is all really, they're all into promoting each other and building each Very other. Very supportive. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's always a great experience. So everybody out there, um, I'll have the links to both uh, Mary's website and the Kickstarter, which as you're watching or listening to this is going to be live either currently or sometime within the day. Uh, so click those links, check it out and uh, make sure to go there and follow Mary on all the social media and uh, once again, Mary, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to us. It was a blast. Um, we hope to do it again with you sometime. Yeah, thanks. Thank Mary. you very much. Welcome to the other side. Other side. Uh, yeah, so look out for the Kickstarter. Go, go check it out and uh, spread the word. Now time for some comic news. Um, Let's do it. There's some good comic news this oh, week. Oh, yeah. DC is resoliciting the new champion of Shazam, 
it is expected to drop sometime in August. Um, so that was the Mary Marvel Shazam, right? With yeah, with Doc Shaner doing the art. With Doc Shaner. So now we're getting it back. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up because it got uh, postponed a while back. Yeah, it did. It got yeah. It's it it was supposed to come out like months ago. I'm pumped because I love Doc Shaner. We've talked about it. Cannot wait for that. Yeah. Um, DC has announced that for the first time ever, Daily Planet boss Perry White is getting his own comic next. The 48-page one-shot comic. Oh, God. is titled Superman... Okay, hold on. This this just went from awful to... Okay, I'm going to read it. The title's amazing. The title is Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry White. <laughs> what? It is written... By Matt Fraction with art by Steve Labor. Lieber? What? Okay, Matt Fraction's writing this. Okay. Yes. This is the team that did Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um pre uh what, what version of DC are we in? Infinite Infinite Frontier. Oh yeah. This, so this, this is, is a pre-Infinite Frontier. This is a rebirth book. Rebirth book, yeah. Yeah. So it coming back um is pretty cool. I know the people who read it really liked it. The the title alone is just so good. It's, it's so easy and so simple, but I love it. Yep. yep. I'm gonna have to check it out. As part one, of the, everybody. Oh yeah. Here we go. Buckle up. As part of the One Dark Knight story, DC has announced that they're releasing a series of one shot comics starting in August, with another one to hit every month after. What? The basic premise that connects these issues to give the Batman villains their own killing joke moment. The whoa, that's pretty cool. So let's start there. I it's cool and it's not at the same time because that's a weird yeah. thing to tell your writer to be like, give them a killing joke moment. <laughs> yeah, give them a killing joke moment where they, I don't know, <laughs> where they shoot Barbara Gordon in the back. That said, I'm going to buy probably all of these, and I'm really excited about some of the characters they chose. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Okay, so let's go through it. <laughs> Comics falls: Batman, One Bad Day, The Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Okay. I do not believe that Tom King can write a one shot and be done. So I do want to see this. Um, I I'm most excited for this one because of that, because it's a one shot. It's one shot. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) Batman, one bad day, two face by Mariko Tamaki and artist Javier Fernandez and Jordi Belair. Okay. Love me some two face. Yes. Uh, Batman, one bad day. Just, I didn't write the character oh, down for that one. Either way, but there's another one, John Ridley and Giuseppe Comancoli. Um Batman, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze, Jerry Dugan, and Matteo Scalera. Okay. The um, Mr. Freeze one I'm interested in. First, I love Jerry Dugan, and yeah. Jerry Dugan's a Marvel guy. Yeah, which is crazy. Um, So I'm interested to see how they pull that off. And also, real quick, the John Ridley one is the Penguin. Okay. And these last few are pretty awesome. There's a Catwoman one by G. Wool Wilson and Jamie McKelvey. Once again, justifying me, Catwoman is a villain. Yep, exactly. (laughs) Uh, A Bane one by Josh Williamson, art by Howard Porter. Okay. I'm getting, I'm excited. I have to read all these. Uh, Clayface. (laughs) Okay. By Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, art by Zermanico. That, this is going to be the best one, hands down. Not only that, uh, but this once again solidifies my theory that, that Jackson your- Lanzig and, or I'm sorry, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig 
are the successful version of me. Yes. Doing all people. the characters that I love. That's because crazy Clayface because... has been one of my favorite Batman villains forever. Yeah. They, yeah, it keeps, it. it's happening. We got to get them back on. <laughs> and then Raza Ghoul, this is awesome too. Tom Taylor, Ivan Reese. Damn. Good job, DC. You, ha- you knew you had something cool. You're like, wow, this is a crazy story of just one night with Batman with one villain. So let's do a bunch of these. Yeah. Imagine, imagine that. It could have been, like I said, the, the premise of like, let's have them all have their killing joke is yeah. strange, but you went in all the way. Right. Like, you know, to put it crudely, you went in balls deep. So, yeah, um, I am excited for it. And it's one book a month. They're probably going to be $10 books because I think they're 64 pages. Oh, God. But, yeah, they're getting their money. But yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun conversation for those months when we get to it. Oh, for sure. Uh, Marvel has announced that they're bringing back Damage Control with a new five issue series, if anybody cares. Written by Adam F. Goldberg. Uh, creator, okay, this is awesome. Creator of the show, uh, Goldbergs, alongside with Charlotte Fullerton, the wife of the co-creator of Damage Control, art by Will Robson and Jay Fosgett. Uh, the Goldbergs is an amazing TV show. Uh, so, Adam Goldberg, that's pretty interesting. Will Robson did the most recent Great Lakes Avengers. He uh-huh. does a lot of, he doesn't do a lot of interior art. Um, because I think I, I interviewed him alone. I don't think you were on that interview, but okay. he told me honestly, he's like, yeah, because interiors don't pay, but his oh. art is really good and I like it. So I love yeah. when he does interior stuff. I honestly, I know of damage control. I like the premise of damage control. I've never mm. read damage control. Okay. And actually after this announcement, I bought the complete edition so I can read it. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to, to see if, you know, it works for me. Cool. Um, after last week's rumors now been announced by Marvel, they're losing Conan Barbarian license. Not a hundred percent clear when, uh, that's going to go into effect, but the current King Conan series will be the last new King Conan comic will be the last new Conan comic Marvel will publish. Um, they're still set to release some older material and <laughs> unknown with the effects on Savage Avengers and Conan's presence in the Marvel universe. So they might just pour, uh, Poor Popose <laughs> has got to uh, has got to figure that out, but I'm sure he'll do it. They'll just bring in someone that's no named, you know, barbarian. So I'll I gotta try a little lightly, but I'll talk about Savage Avengers later because uh-huh. I think I think this was in the like the thesis of doing Savage Avengers again. Uh, they knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, but I will say I knew that my source is not proposed everybody, but I did know somebody that um, talked about this like months ago mm-hmm. where there was actually a thing where they were talking about just canceling all Conan stuff because yeah. they were fighting with the, the license holders. Mm, interesting. So this has been a thing for a little bit now, but it's now like in the public and everybody knows about it. Huh? Uh, Dynamite Entertainment, this is cool, has announced a new James Bond comic starting in August, simply called 007. Series written by The Superstar. I will read that. Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Marco Finnegan. This is right up Chris's alley. He loves 007 and he loves uh, PKJ. And I'm going to read this too because I do love me some PKJ. Yeah, and I've gotten every 007 book they've done. 
Yeah. So I know you're I'll, a big fan uh, of that. There's no reason to stop now. Yep. Uh, this is the biggest news to drop this week. Image <laughs> Comics has announced they're bringing back Shirtless Bear Fighter with a second volume this summer. Oh my god. I was just looking at my books on my shelf and I saw Shirtless Bear Fighter there and I was like, I wish they made another one of these, man. They really should have. And here I am. One of the simplest comic concepts ever. There's a guy, he rips off his shirt. Uh, he lives in he lives with bears and he's just like unstoppable. It's amazing. And I, oh, and the bears, if anybody forgets when I talked about this comic, were the big villain was the toilet paper industry CEOs. <laughs> so <laughs> that was that the, they were like trying to kill the bears. So it's like, you know, the I don't know. I don't know which uh, I think it's Charmin, the yeah. Charmin toilet paper. Yeah. So that's that's like the whole the premise of the comic comes from a package of Charmin Charmin. Uh, toilet paper it's amazing this is this is one you talked about constantly and i never read and Ugh. when this popped up i was like i need to buy volume one check this maybe out maybe mike was right huh <laughs> um dark horse announced a new creator on comic called minor threats four issue series about a group of low-level supervillains. oh this is cool uh and written by Patton oswald and jordan bloom nice maybe we can get Patton on the show that would be cool come on pat come on pat get on the show pat yeah let's do it uh yeah, this sounds cool. And Dark Horse is quietly doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, getting some cool people doing some cool stuff. Like last week's Survival Street, I'm so excited for that. Mm-hmm. This sounds right up our alley. Like oh, yeah. shitty villains taking me up. Villains. Like, let's do it. Matt and Oswald writing it. We know he's a he understands the, the fan base. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be pretty pumped. Um yeah, I can't wait for that. Dark Horse, keep it up. I'm going to talk about what I read this week. Let's see. Read a few comics. Yeah, read quite a bit. I uh, read Crossover 13. Um, you talked about that last time. It was good. Did you read Guilt number two? No. It's good. It's time travel stuff. Uh, the like the the actual time traveler going back and bringing some with her kind of causes some issues in the real world. So um, that's pretty interesting. Night. Uh, Night Wraith number one. Is it Night Wrath or Night Wraith? It's Night Wrath. Sorry, everybody. Uh, this is by uh, Daniel Calvin. Uh, he was on the show a couple months ago. Uh, it's basically a 90s comic where this guy gets basically turns into the Hulk, but um, he kind of it's the whole the first issue is like him turning into this like Hulkish character and then he meets this kid that he saves who wants to be like him. So I thought it was a pretty good first issue. Um, and I also had another Kickstarter comic called the masters number one. I don't know if anyone picked this one up, but I picked oh, it up because it looked like, it looked like, uh, the cover is, so the cover was a homage to, uh, a Batman cover. You can see this. Oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah. And they had one that was the justice league international, uh, cover. So yeah, the art got me, uh, to pick it up a lot of great artists, but it basically is like a, it's almost like a nineties just league comic, but this guy is gathering all these different villains and yeah, some of them are shitty villains and he basically needs to steal these pieces of art and he doesn't know why they don't know why, but also when he tells them that they need to steal a piece of art, each piece of art is in a different city that has a different superhero protecting it. Um, and another great plus to this book 
is they put in one of those fake like Twinkie ads like they used to put in <laughs> like the Batman character is like swinging in one of the pages and like he uses Twinkies to fight a villain. It's not Twinkies, it's something else. But yeah. I remember when they used to do those in comics. They still do sometimes. So yeah, like the Snickers ads they were doing for yeah, a while there. Yeah, the Snicker ads. That was fun. So that's uh, that's called The Masters, everybody. Check it out. That sounds cool. Yeah. Wrong Earth, purple. This this issue was fantastic. Uh, and it was a little... Uh, um, it was a little, like, depressing there at the end. But it was, like, basically this, like, this villain that was, like, sticking... This is the Stuart Moore, Fred Harper issue. Okay. Uh, the Wrong Earth one shot. And did you read it? No. No. Okay, so basically, this guy is, like, his character is Prince. But he has, like, these... He plays the saxophone, and it has all these crazy gadgets that like thwart people and the like the dragonfly of that world, the Batman of that world is being a shitty business owner or he's being like a shitty philanthropist. He's being a terrible uh, Bruce Wayne pretty much. And, and then he realizes that like, Oh, he catches the villain and the villain ends up like killing himself at the end. And then he realizes like, Oh man, I'm doing a really bad thing to people and like not, doing anything to actually help the people, even though I want to be like, a, like, uh, I, like he knows there's bad things going on in his business, but he does nothing to stop him. It was a really cool issue. Uh, the character, the Prince style character was really awesome. Uh, I know you read this one. Uh, this would be Thor 25, the continuation of the, the Hulk Thor fight. So we do find out what happens. Um, and, uh, where where was he? Where we keep talking about the incident every issue. Uh, it's not San Antonio. It's like, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but anyways, we find out that he Bruce Banner like walked into a bar and started infecting people with the with like the Hulk El Paso uh, El Paso with the like the, he starts turning everybody into Hulks and then he starts going crazy and murders them all. <laughs> and sets the building on fire. So that was kind of wild. Um, and that he's having a conversation with Odin during all this. And Odin says like, this is some crazy magic you're using. Like, where does this come from? So there's a little hint of there's something more going on here that Hulk uh, is related to magic using. Um, but before that, Tony starts talking to the Avengers and he's like, listen, I'm going to go kill the Hulk because he tried, he, tried to kill me and what he did in El Paso. So they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah, I am. Cause I'm not in this suit. I'll see you later. <laughs> um, Donnie understands Tony Stark so well. It, like yeah. that moment yeah. where he's like, you know, I've never really been at any of these meetings. You know that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. That was pretty great. That, that was like, yeah, I was wondering that too. I'm like, I wonder how he can write the Avengers. And then he did such a great job. We need a Donnie Cates Avengers book. Yeah. Now, um, but the end when he shows up with his new toy that he brought, he pretty much has like a giant Gundam. If anybody's watched Gundam wing, yeah. uh, but it looks just like one of those Gundams with, with all the like machine guns and bullets all attached. It's basically like a Megazord. <laughs> it looks insane. Phenomenal issue. Yeah. yeah. I was a little surprised that they gave us the El Paso thing in an issue of Thor and not an issue of Hulk, but right. Other than that, it's like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Really good. Um, and then the last book I had this week uh, that I got to, I have some others that I didn't, was World's Finest, uh, yes. number three. Uh, great issue. 
Uh, once again, Mark Wade just understands the whole Batman Superman relationship when it comes to getting around town because Superman just carries him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a fancy bat plane or anything. He just carries him around. Uh, we see the interaction between Supergirl and Robin and these heroes that sealed away the, um, the main, uh, demon or, or the devil, the devil Niza, um, who they went, they went there to meet and how to, how to defeat him. Uh, they kind of, they kind of like settle the whole fight and, and, uh, get them to understand, like, we need your help. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Batman and Superman find out they're trapped in like a, uh, a mind uh, like a trapped in their own illusion with a, with a villain um, that they get out of. And then at the end we get like, they're, they're wondering like, Oh, who could, uh, who could actually be behind all this? Because um, they think it's, who do they think it is? Oh yeah. They think it's like green lantern shows up Um and he's got them trapped. He traps Batman and Superman. And yeah, because it's some demon. Yeah, it's some demon that's possessing people. So like, he's been possessing like heroes, and then Green Lantern comes and traps them. Like, oh, you, it must be Green Lantern behind it. And they're like, how does he know we would be here? And then what they find out is the devil has Alfred possessed. So basically, like Alfred knows where they all are, are at all times, and is like telling all the heroes to go after them. Which is which makes for a pretty cool premise because now they can fight any of the heroes, and they have the advantage of Alfred, which is like Batman's usual crutch in every fight. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that that book's really good, and that's what I had this week. Um, so I caught up on Wonder Woman Evolution, and issue seven came out this week. This book continues to be really good. Uh, we get kind of what the whole trial is and basically what it is is there's a company that has learned how to manipulate nanites and they've used it to uh control wonder woman and try to basically brainwash her to turn her into a weapon okay as a way to evolve humanity to its next form um and yeah it's just it's a good book the the art's a little rough but i still really enjoy it um, cause that's, that's a Stephanie Phillips joint. If you didn't know, um, breakout number two, mm-hmm. um, this issue was, it was good, but it was a little teen melodrama E like it's most of the issue is a montage of like, let's get ready to go up to the big prison and save our friends. And then it kind of devolves into this. Well, if you don't want to do it my way, then I'll do it alone. And then, um, so there's some. Eh, things about it but i liked where it ended off uh our team is now going to go up to this prison and try to save everybody and uh yeah it's still a really cool premise okay uh venom lethal protector number two um i love the first issue because it's venom versus like really shitty villains uh-huh. and they start off this issue with venom fighting hydro man okay so it just continues the whole thing, but like Venom starts this issue off uh, in the last issue, he was defeated. So now he has to kind of go underground and, um, heal. So he spends overnight to go underground, gets up the next day. And we find that Hydro man had left like little puddles across the city so he could find Venom and oh fight my him. God. 
and then the the character who defeated him who was like an unknown shitty villain Mm -hmm. um meets up with the his new team and they decide they have this plan to take down venom but venom is prepared for them they have a big fight and he ends up winning um, and that's kind of how they leave it. I'm not really sure how they're going to continue the story. If it's going to be like something different after this or not. Um, maybe it's a, the guy comes back, but it was still a really good issue. And I like that. They're just using like the D list of D list villains. Yeah. The wor- the worst version of mirror master. <laughs> Everybody's favorite summertime villain. <laughs> um, a town called terror. Number two. Uh, this issue kind of got more into the relationship between our lead character and his father mm-hmm. and like what the town is. So the, the lead character asks his dad, like, how'd you come back from the dead this time? And his dad like tells him about this deal he made with Frankenstein so that he could sew himself back together and come back to life. Uh, and then uh, the lead goes back and decides like, well, I, I want nothing to do with you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. He's told he can't leave, but he goes off anyways and ends up at the edge of town where he meets his sister at this bar. And the bar is just filled with every horror character you can think of. Ends up getting a big fight. Um, The art's still really cool. I'm I'm still with it for mostly the art, but I do like the idea of this town where all these creatures and like stories coalesced into one area mm-hmm. i'll just be interested to see how he ties it together batman the night number five um which one was, this was uh oh Ships the master of disguise so oh. he, he meets up with this the master disguise and this is just batman learning bruce i should say learning how to use disguises and kind of blend okay. in with the crowd cool. and this actually gives prudence to the idea that Batman, I'm sorry, Bruce is really playing the character of Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. because he talks about how he has to pretend to be this playboy philanthropist and all this stuff. Interesting. Um, it was a good issue. The all nighter number six. So this book is back for a second volume, which I didn't oh, realize. Yeah. I got to read that. Uh, spoilers for volume one. Because we start off with uh, Dracula being caged, and we learn the whole backstory of what happened to the vampires. Where mm-hmm. Dracula, it, it's kind of it's a little ham-fisted, but it's still okay. Dracula tries to bring democracy to the vampires. Oh boy! Oh, and somebody boy. rises up against him, and that's why Dracula had to go into hiding and be a part of this like diner. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But the guy who caught him was the one that rose up against him. So he wants to use like the capturing of Dracula as a symbol of power because vampires use power as part of their hierarchy. Interesting. Meanwhile, it's been a, a few months since uh, the events of the last volume happened. And we find out that the, the other vampires are still running the cafe and they haven't been able to go out and do the superheroing stuff because Dracula had been captured so now they're a man short um but they finally are able to go out and do it and they find they find out that other creatures have started doing it too so now there's kind of a superhero universe being built with these other mythical creatures taking the place of superheroes and supervillains um but the first mission they go on doesn't go as you expect so i really liked it this is a great uh, series great series 
Han Solo and Chewbacca number two. Um, anybody that knows Star Wars knows that Greedo is a piece of shit. So <laughs> no surprise that he uh, double, not really double crossed, but he had bad intel and basically lied to Han. Of course. And that their mission doesn't go that well. That's all I'll say about that. And I'll end with the all new, all different Savage Avengers number one. Uh, really good issue. It's a bunch of little stories about where the characters are and how they coalesce together to be the team. Um, it's okay. that first issue of a new team story. Uh, but what the whole premise of the story is, is that the death locks have come through the time stream to declare that Conan is a enemy of time and he needs to be eradicated. Um, they're unsuccessful in the first issue. Uh, but they end up in the high, the Hyborian age at the end of the issue. So that's where earlier we talked about the Conan stuff. I feel like this book was written to retcon Conan out of continuity. And I okay. think that's where we end up with this book. Okay. Um, Cause that's definitely what they're hinting towards. Mm-hmm. Um, but good issue. And it's, you know, it's our good buddy, David writing for yep. Marvel now, man. So that's awesome. It's really cool. Mike, that's everything I had this week. So where that's not everything you? I had. I just oh. pulled up the flash facts that I forgot to do at the beginning of the show. So we're going to do them right now. Flash facts. Um, Pat's flash facts, season eight, episode fifteen. Pat, this is a test to see if you still listen to the end of the episodes. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> this is definitely here we done go. on purpose. Oh yeah. Oh boy, here we go again. Uh, Iris's time sickness causes her to disappear again. The Still Force appears to Barry and tells him that Iris is in the Still Force. So the Still Force is also suffering from the Iris's time sickness. Barry goes into the Still Force and starts breaking down due to, due to time sickness. The Still Force betrays and traps him there. It also traps Nora from the uh, the future with Barry. Uh, together, Barry and Nora are able to escape the Still Force. We don't know why the Still Force betrayed Barry in the first place. Because uh, it's the Still Force. Sounds it's like the opposite episode. of the Speed Force. That's how that works. They, Sounds like a filler episode. Uh, no surprise there. Um, nothing, nothing enticing me to watch the show still. So, but thanks, thanks for fighting the good fight there, Pat. <laughs> uh, and that's so now, it. Mike, uh, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter or at FortressComicNews.com. Remember, everybody, to like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube version of this and to give us the five-star review on the podcast version of this as well. And if you want to go the extra mile, patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. Thank you all for listening this week. And we will see you all here next week. See ya.